0: This is the Pro AV podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and
1: inspiration, only on Market Scale. Nowadays we put a lot of AV on the ones and
2: zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Welcome to Market Scale Pro AV. I'm your host Sean He. Technology is one thing that is not showing any signs of slowing down, Uh, data, information, knowledge, it's, it's like a tidal wave and controlling access to that is really more a matter of not slowing down the access but ensuring the access because we want to know what we want to know we want to see what we want to see and we want to do it five minutes ago now that can be a bit overwhelming especially if you are in the I want it versus the I need it headspace well that's a critical decision to make not only do you have to control and manage the uptime on the distribution of this knowledge but you have to make smart decisions. Maybe you don't need the newest, fastest, latest, greatest. Maybe you just need to reconsider how you're using the technology you already have access to. And my two guests on the podcast today live in that headspace. That is Dan Helfrich, Vice President of Z-Band Technologies. Dan, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, Sean?
2: I'm doing very well. And Joe Dalto, Southwest Territory Manager for z Technologies. What's going on, Joe?
0: Oh, living the life, Sean. Happy to be here.
2: I'm really glad that you both took time today because I want to get into this, and I referenced it there in the intro. There are almost countless modes of video distribution. That means there's also countless benefits and downsides, and it's a it's a very important balancing act that you guys focus on every single day. So I'll start with you, Dan. Are we getting a handle? sort of on the numerous methods? Are we starting to whittle down the selections to the smartest choices?
1: So the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> but, So I, I actually do a presentation on this and I was at the uh, uh, Bixie regional meeting recently where I was listening to one of the other speakers and they were having a discussion about how we are actually in a space where the amount of data that we're using for Video transmissions, whether it's Amazon, whether it's YouTube, whether it's your Facebook autoplay, what you're seeing on your Twitter feed, is expected to be over eighty percent of our Wi-Fi traffic by twenty twenty two. Um to, to think that we have a handle on that, um no, not really. Now we're we're making progress towards that, but it's a it's a it's a varied it's a, an incredibly varied industry at this point in time. There's a lot of different options, a lot of different technologies. And to think that there are experts within every company or within every organization out there, I I wouldn't make that statement. I think there's a, a lot to be learned for a, a lot of people.
2: Now we do know that Wi-Fi is the the shiny new object, right? But that's not always the best choice.
1: No, very true. Yeah, actually with video specifically, very rarely is Wi-Fi the, the best choice. Now it's what we're accustomed to because it's what a lot of us will do from a residential standpoint or with cellular data. But when you are into A corporate or healthcare environment where the video quality is important and you need to make sure you have a dedicated amount of bandwidth or dedicated infrastructure to be more generic about it available for the video platform, then no, you you want a hardwired system to guarantee video quality.
2: Joe, in your experience working in a pretty large portion of the United States, do you see that customers are starting to get a better understanding of just how solid cat cabling as a distribution solution is
0: well i i think that uh, with technology the way it's going uh you know people understand that there are a number of options out there and, and everyone's used to their home experience so uh, when they start looking at video and in you know the business, uh, they have certain expectations that they want. You know they want streaming. They want to be able to view content on their smart devices, their their tablets. Uh, so there's a certain expectation, and uh, at the same time, I think we have the ability when we're talking to these people to share with them uh, some of the different. Applications that they're used to in, in different formats. So, you know, viewing content, you know, on their desktop. There are a couple of ways to do that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be your Hulu or your Netflix.
2: I find it very unusual that our home experience is informing and flavoring what we expect from the corporate side when traditionally technology usually rolls out at a corporate level. Um, you know, very controlled, very managed. And then we get some of those bonuses and benefits, they trickle down into our home experience. But this has flipped that model on its head.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think you just really hit it, you know, on the head there. Uh, We talked to a lot of folks and Uh, you know, they, they want HD video. They want to be able to see their, their favorite channels. You know, we're, we're talking to folks about common area video. So typically, you know, weather news, but then you have some folks that, you know, they want the golf channel here and there and they, they want it in crystal clear, you know, HD and, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways that they, uh, they can get that. But, uh, yeah, everyone's looking for a little bit of everything now.
1: John, I'm going to jump in there just to add a little bit, um, The capital expenditure is different, right? When you want to upgrade at your house, maybe you go get a $50 Roku box or a Kindle Fire stick or Chromecast, whatever device or company that you happen to be loyal to in your house. The expenditure to upgrade your video infrastructure in a corporate institution to go from analog to high definition is a new contract with the cable company potentially a new head end Uh, for a lot of our customers it's replacing all of the old analog four by three tvs that used to be there so you can be looking at tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars of infrastructure upgrades in a corporate environment versus uh, you know i gotta spend a few hundred dollars at my house and it it sounds weird that i'm speaking about this as if it's actually still happening the analog to digital transition even though officially that was you know September of 2008 and then terminating in 2009 but that at least 20% of our customers are still distributing analog video in some way shape or form these days
2: and the perfect time to start considering all of these factors is 5 months before you start an upgrade process give me a and an example of a cautionary tale where it might have been a better idea for a customer to slow down their upgrade process before they made the jump.
1: Sure. So we're working on a project right now that's in Manhattan and the customer is renovating floors, uh, floor by floor. And currently on all of the floors, except for one, it's an analog video distribution system, what we would have considered an old baseband system where there's a receiver behind each TV, and it's essentially an RCA cable extension back to a switcher on each floor. And the customer decided, all right, we're going to upgrade this to high definition, and we are going to go full IPTV, multicast, the whole deal. And the issue that we're running into is nobody told their network team. So the AV team made the decision, and their AV crew went forward with it. They signed off on it. And then we get ready for implementation, get on the first prep phone call where the network team is involved and the switching infrastructure that they had in place did not support any of the multicast. They're, they're also in the middle of a network upgrade. So that is something that we run into a decent amount where not everyone is having uh, regular communications about these projects. You know, network can get stuck in their side of things, AV can get stuck in their side of things, and there's not a lot of crosstalk as the project is being planned. And that one specifically, we kind of had to put a hold on everything for about three to four weeks while we got the network team comfortable with what was going on.
2: In my experience, the phrase network team is almost always misapplied, not in the way you're using it, but a lot of the video distribution and a lot of technology questions get dumped on the quote unquote, network team, please give me the actual definition of who should be considered the network team.
0: Well, Dan, if, if, if I might jump in here real quick, uh, I think that's one of the, the things we're noticing in the industry is that it's it's a blurred line. Uh, you go to some places and they have their specific AV folks. Uh, you go to some other places and they, they don't have AV, they just have IT. But we're seeing these two worlds. Kind of merged together, where now the IT guys are expected to do AV, as we have all these AV network systems. But we still have uh, certain customers where they have their their AV team. But uh, any anyone that's going to have anything to do with uh, the network, uh, they should be consulted. Anyone that has anything to do with you know hanging televisions or. Or uh, running cable, we we typically end up talking to a lot of different parties when working on these projects. But it depends, as my engineers like to say, it always depends.
2: <laughs> have you had a situation where a company started not just their plan but actual implementation, and before they've even finished this new installation, they already have to consider retrofitting because they didn't plan out properly?
0: I think we've we've run into that quite a few times. Uh, one of the things we've seen here uh, over the years is a lot of folks, they're not necessarily planning their AV system. Uh, they know that they're going to have uh, an IT infrastructure. They know they're going to have the network set up because they need their computer connections. They need their VoIP phones. And a lot of the times, uh, TV and, and AV is, is usually an afterthought. So its uh, it's been quite a few times that we've received... Um, messages via our website where people are looking up AV over IP or cable TV over twisted pair cabling. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's a conversation we've had more times than I can count now.
1: (laughs) Right. To jump in with a specific project that we completed this year, it's a healthcare facility down in Florida, build a brand new $50 million ER expansion. I think it was in the range of 60 beds, pulled all the cabling, beautiful data infrastructure, making sure they had everything that they needed from, uh, nurse standpoint from the 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 behind-the-scenes tech side of things, go to light up the TVs three weeks before the ER opens for a day in the life, and no TV service, no TV signal, because no one had planned on how to pull the CATV feed over from the existing hospital to the ER. So we got a rather panicked phone call about two and a half weeks before this thing opens and had to put in place our RF over category cabling system, to make sure that everything was up and running in time for the grand opening. And to, to Joe's point, that is something that we see more and more, where people will spend a lot of time on data infrastructure, fiber backbone, uh, security services, those types of things. And it, it's not always that the actual TV system itself gets planned for in development.
2: It does seem that it would be much smarter to get you involved in the process much earlier than later.
1: Oh yeah, we like to be involved as early as possible and I'll let Joe speak to it since he's a lot more on the hands-on day-to-day side of things, but I mean, if we can be the earlier we can get in, the better
0: So, uh, Z-Band's been around for 20 years now and uh, in my experience here at Z-Band uh, we try to get involved uh, with everybody that that has their hands in the project because we're, we're dealing with uh, design firms, we're dealing with Integration companies. We're dealing with IT consultants, Uh, and then you know when you get down to the end user, uh, you have your IT folks, your AV folks, uh, and you know and the higher ups that are you know signing the checks at the end of the day, and um, not to mention the service providers. Almost forgot those guys. We we need to mention those guys as well. So there's a lot of uh, people that that get involved with these projects. And uh, there's a number of facets uh, that go into these systems. We have our content, we have our distribution, we have our viewing endpoints, we have the content that we're, you know, the, the additional content like live internally generated video. And there's so many bits and pieces to it that you just have to have these conversations um, ahead of time so you can get in front of any potential issues like, you um, say, for instance, uh, encryption, you know, encryption is a big thing that uh, we start talking about with a lot of our customers, uh, because there's different types of TV models out there that accept certain types of encryption. Uh, uh, Service providers have uh, certain cable feeds that either A, have encryption, don't have encryption, and you can, you know, start talking to a customer one day and, and they say, don't worry, we have our service all taken care of. Uh, they get there, they have the, the service installed, and then turns out they have the wrong TVs, and, and then it's just a big mess. So uh, we always try to have uh, conversations with the end user, the design firms, everybody that we can uh, as soon as we can to try and avoid any of these issues.
2: Is distance still one of the largest challenges when a customer is considering their technological choices?
0: Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, it's one of the things, and I guess maybe we're a little jaded, you know, with our technology that, you know, when people have these issues, we, we try to provide them a solution. Um, when we take a look at our RF over twisted pair solution, we talk about the distances between closets where our hardware goes, and, you know, our distances are usually, you know, 400, 600 feet max. Uh, but anything over that, we look at single-mode fiber distribution. So we're, we're handling campus environments, so large healthcare campuses. Uh, we always like to, you know, throw it out there that, you know, with single-mode fiber, we can go, you know, up to 15 miles between uh, endpoints. So uh, for us, the distance is not an issue, but, you know, depending on a, a customer's infrastructure, uh, those are definitely conversations we're, we're going to want to have.
2: Are there as many vocabularies as there are technologies? It's really funny that you say that
0: because we just put together this document. We call it the uh, Z Glossary, <laughs> Z Hyphen Glossary, and it was uh, it was a request by a uh, healthcare customer because we started throwing around some of these words and terms, and he's like, "What does that mean? What does that mean to me?" You know, we're throwing our, around words like qualm, and people are like, "What's qualm?" And when I started here. Uh, you know, I just started using these words and not necessarily knowing what they are. And after a while, you you get the gist of the um, of of what they are. And we have all these great engineers that will tell us that you know, quam is quadrant, what,
1: uh, quadrature amplitude modulation. Joe. There you go. Yes. Thank <laughs> you.
0: I I just refer to it as as bulk video. Um, which, uh, But there's so many other ones. There's uh, there's uh, encryption, you know, like AES encryption. There's emergency alert systems, uh, AES,
1: EAS. Uh, what are some other good ones, Dan? Oh, you get your HDCP when you get into the encryption side of things. Then you want an ATSC for over-the-air content. So, yeah, to kind of jump in. We do we speak a different language and to kind of tie it back to something we were talking about earlier when you were asking who should we picture when we're picturing the network team I mean it's not Wayne Knight from Jurassic Park sitting there banging away at his computer um ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so what it what it actually is is a variety of different people that are managing these video systems now and when we We get into healthcare facilities, sometimes we're dealing with biomed, sometimes we're dealing with the director of facilities. When you get into Fortune 500, you can occasionally be dealing with the IT administrator, or maybe they do actually have a video services person. And to your point here on this question, all of those people speak a different language, different trainings, different educations, uh, different background information with what they've dealt with so far in their lives. So then you bring somebody who studied for biomed and is dealing with in-room hospital technologies and start talking to them about television system and modulation. And you have to be able to speak a language that allows you to bring what you're talking about into their world and their frame of reference. And it's very challenging sometimes.
2: Is there a specific project that you've been involved in as far as implementation that was just absurdly tough to resolve, but ultimately that probably became your favorite project because you were able to figure out that you know, that Rubik's Cube and get that thing solved. Is there a project that comes to mind when I talk about that?
1: I have lots of favorite projects over the the time here at Z-Band, but the one that normally tends to stand out from an implementation standpoint for me was um, our install down at the Washington Post. And the reason for that is, you know, they're moving headquarters the first time that they've moved since they did the original building in D.C., just been purchased by Jeff Bezos. And they're trying to build basically the the future of what media will be in this country. And they're successfully doing that as a as an aside with, with what they're doing. Um, first meeting we go down there and they're talking about TV systems and we covered – Everything under the under the sun. I'm in a uh, we myself and our territory manager at the time are in a room with these folks at the Washington Post for three and a half hours. For what we had blocked off for an hour meeting to cover media sources, modulation, encoding, video distribution mechanisms, digital signage. I mean anything that you wanted to talk about that they could possibly use as a part of their internal video systems. They talked about and. After that, they wanted to test equipment, and we were going through. I think I made eight or nine trips to Washington, D.C. over the course of a three-week period because it was just constant reinforcement of what we talked about, testing on their network, testing with different members of the team, testing with different members of the media group. And now it is great to have been able to put our name on that project, and I love going down to D.C. and walking by the building and knowing that our system is in there but it was it was challenging because they are that is the single most demanding customer that i've ever had in terms of the amount of knowledge that they wanted to accumulate about what they were about to do with their tv system you do
2: so much you're like a swiss army knife of video knowledge you guys do traditional cable satellite tv digital signage internal broadcast feeds to any kind of device you want tv computer smart devices you're in like 500 hospitals, uh, military bases, hundreds of commercial sites all across the country. That is an incredibly complex resume that you have. Is there a nightmare project that you would volunteer to take on?
0: Uh, nothing comes to mind, uh, you know, for for me. Um, you know, I, I guess one of the things I will say is that I know that we're not always the right solution for everyone. Everyone's different as far as their, their video needs. There's a number of ways to, you know, to do video. Um, typically we, we say that when we're dealing with, you know, 25 to 30 TVs or more uh, or endpoints where people want to view content, then it's worth us having a conversation. If you know you have a let's just say a, you know a dental office or something and and the dentist you know wants a TV in, in his office and maybe a common area. that's not really a, a good application for us. That's something that could probably be handled uh, very easily with uh, you know uh, some coax in, in your standard. Uh, satellite or, or cable provider but uh, anytime we're talking you know yeah like 20 20, 20 25 30 plus TVs our, our favorites are usually you know the the couple hundred TVs we have uh, what is it um, Penn National race course up here in uh, Grantville PA uh, it's a uh, Hollywood casino i guess is the the project name uh, we have over a thousand uh, TVs in there, and and really, when it comes to you know large applications and, and scaled uh, TV requirements, that's really where we shine. But you know, we're happy to have a conversation with. Uh, Anyone. Uh, so when we do have folks that uh, have the smaller opportunities, there there has been value uh, in our product for smaller applications because uh, for those not familiar with the product, it's it's basically a, a video hub that converts coax to uh, twisted pair category cable. And then uh, at your TV location, we have a intelligent balun that converts the Cat6 back to a coax connection to feed the tuner in your TV. So we've had it where Uh, We have some uh, legacy customers that are in older buildings where they're nervous about opening up the walls because they don't know if there's asbestos or whatnot. And so anytime you get into uh, something like that, where, you know, it's going to be downtime for the building. Um, they're, they're cautious about opening up the walls if they already have the existing category cable, um, to just have something that plugs and plays with their existing infrastructure is a pretty valuable, but, uh, for the most part, um, it's, you know, it's a scalable technology, so if, if people have a requirement for you know, watching TV in a, in a common area, uh, watching TV on their laptop or desktop, usually it's a conversation worth having for us. And
2: you mentioned that there are some projects that are just a little... I don't want to say they're too small, but like you said, they could just as easily be served by a smaller solution. Going to the other extreme, there are some really big projects that... Z Band didn't get. I'm not trying to bring down the room. I'm trying to say that because Dan, I know you specifically look at projects that Z Band doesn't get as an opportunity to learn and figure out what Z Band can do to make sure that their product is the right product for the next opportunity.
1: Sure, absolutely. And it's a big enough industry that I don't think anyone wins every project, right? but what we do look for and what we try and do is, is when we lose, I do like to follow up with the customers and see what it is that we did. And sometimes it can be technological direction. Sometimes it can be price. We've had uh, one or two where it's just in the in the government's base. It's simply a contracting or existing certifications issue. And we will reach out and try and remedy those things. And I think one of the things that you'll see from us over – The next 12 to 18 months is an array of new products to help address some of these things where we did lose, Uh, and these products will be geared at maybe making us a little bit more easy to work with if you have just an existing coaxial-based system and you need to stay in your coax infrastructure. We want to have uh, a, a way to work with you there, and if you are a government agency and there are certifications and those types of things that you require. We want to be able to work with you on that front as well and really everything in between. So that's our product development is geared towards trying to fill in some of these gaps that we see as we're out there doing market research and specifically like you said, talking to customers when you lose. I mean and we, we do like to take the approach that we feel like we can learn more when we lose than we do when we win. So we don't we don't tend to just walk away without asking a couple of questions. If we spend some time chasing a project and don't get anywhere with it.
2: And sometimes the loss can be attributed to something as simple as the fact that Joe showed up in a wrinkled shirt. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not putting it all on you, Joe. I'm just saying that's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, before I let you guys go today, because I know how busy you are, Joe, I want to ask you what is one point that you would like to make sure that current and potential customers, clients take out of listening to this podcast today?
0: Huh. That's a, uh, that's a good question. What's one point? Um, I guess the point would be that uh, people need to communicate uh, regarding, you know, anything they're dealing with as far as new technologies, um, infrastructure planning. Uh, we always considered ourselves um, a, a consultative uh, type sales force here uh, when it comes to uh, the marketing and sales. Uh, and, and we just like to have a good conversation with, uh, with folks to talk to them about the options and what their specific goals are. So I think that's something that we mentioned here earlier is that, you know, we try and talk to as many people involved in the process. And uh, we just want to share information with them so they can make truly informed decisions. So um, my message, uh, you know, to everyone out there looking at uh, any type of networked AV system, video distribution solution is uh, Do
2: your homework. Uh, uh, and give us a call. <laughs> and Dan, what's one thing you'd like listeners to take away from today's podcast?
1: Well, you can tell Joe pays attention when we're having our sales and marketing meetings because the, the message is really similar. What I want people to know if you're listening and you're thinking that Z-Band could be something that you could utilize or you're interested in talking to us is we don't go into any project with a product that we want to sell in mind. We go into every project hoping to have a 15 or 20 minute conversation so we can understand your infrastructure and we can understand what it is that you want to do and how important video is in your installation. And then from there, we move forward together with a plan as to how to implement what it is that you guys want to do from a, a video standpoint. And that really, I, I feel, is one of the things that we're good at at Z Band, is we don't come to the table with something already in mind or a solution already in mind. We let you bring your problems to us, have that initial 20 minute phone call. And that's really what, if there's one thing to leave everybody with, it's it's pick up the phone and and have that 20 minute call with us because we are happy to have that call with as many people as we can, whether that ends in product sales or, or not. I believe that that 20 minutes will be valuable for everyone. Well, I definitely think that this podcast has been valuable for me.
2: It's been a real pleasure to get to talk to my two guests today, Dan Helfrich, the Vice President of Z-Band Technologies, and Joe Dalto, Southwest Territory Manager for Z-Band Technologies. Dan, thanks so much for coming on today. Joe, I really appreciate the time. I hope you guys have a wonderful, successful day, and I definitely look forward to talking to both of you again in the future.
0: Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean.